increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STRonomics. Are you looking to invest in short-term rentals in North Carolina or South Carolina? There's a lot of great markets there, but even more important, the markets are that you find the right agent. And that's where my man, Tyler Kuhn comes into place. I personally used him for three purchases, totaling over $3.5 million. And I would not look to anybody else. Just jump down into the show notes right here below the podcast, click on the link and book a free discovery call with Tyler to explore the opportunities in both North Carolina and South Carolina today. Hey everybody, I'm Bill Faith, and this is my main man, Kenny Bedwell from SDR Insights. What's up, Kenny? Hey, hey how's everybody doing today? I guess, how are you doing today, Bill? <laughs> well, I'm doing pretty good. I'm okay. yeah. uh, hopefully everybody out there is doing great. Welcome to SDRonomics. Um, this is going to be a really cool episode. This is our first special guest uh, that we've had. This is a gentleman that, that both Kenny and I know very well. Uh, he's been my real estate agent in Western North Carolina for uh, three purchases now. And he also is the very first sponsor of STR Anomics, uh, which I'm I'm just, I'm stoked about it. You know, it's really cool to have a sponsor before we even launch our first episode. Uh, so I'm not going to run into a commercial because by the time we air this, he's going to have his own commercial that will, Slickers will be running. So without further ado, let's bring uh, Tyler up. We're going to talk about investing in Western North, in Western North Carolina. Kenny's got some data to share with us. And the cool thing is, don't sleep on Western North Carolina. It is still a top 10 market in the country, as uh, Kenny and I see through SDR Insights and Bill and Kenny's hot picks. So without further ado, let's bring him up. Hey. All right, there we go. There's Tyler. How you doing, Tyler? Hey. Good, good. How you guys doing? Doing fantastic. Tyler and I were actually talking while we were waiting for, for you to jump in, Kenny, about some... Uh, uh, some stuff that I'm interested in in North Western North Carolina, and I've kind of fallen in love with the Banner Elk area. Um, and I want to talk about that a little bit because I'm not talking about Boone. I'm not talking about even Beach Mountain, which is right around the corner of Sherman, right in the heart of Banner Elk. So, Tyler, if you find a one or a two bedroom, I don't care. I want to be right in the heart of Banner Elk. I want to walk to Prime 21 Steakhouse <laughs> every day. I'll be looking. Awesome. <laughs> So Tyler, tell us a little bit, tell everybody a little bit about uh, you. I know that, I mean, I know your whole deal, but you own uh, Savvy Realty based out of Asheville. Asheville's an insane market, even though it's kind of closed down. Everybody thinks it's 100% closed down. You and I tried to do a deal together there on uh, a place just outside the city limits, which I think is great. Hendersonville's great. Black Mountain's great. You know, but a lot of people, I think, have steered away from Asheville because they think the market's closed and they can't really invest there. And Kenny's been showing insane data there for the better part of, you know, a year almost that we've had access as he's built STR Insights. Uh, so you and Savvy, really, you're an STR specialist as a, a, a broker representing people that are investing into short-term rentals in the entire region of Western North Carolina and even out to the beach and even into South Carolina now, right? But you yeah. also own your own properties. How you you have what three or four that you own? Uh, we just closed on the fifth in Black Mountain. So five properties from Lake Lure to Black Mountain, or not Lake Lure? You're on the other lake, right? We've got Lake Lure, Lake James, Black Mountain, and two in Asheville. Awesome. 
And then you also manage 60 plus properties, right? Yeah. So we've got the vacation rental management as well. So, you know, I breathe, eat and sleep this stuff just like you do. Right, right. So let's just get started. I mean, why Western North Carolina? What what should it, if somebody's looking to make an investment there, out of all those places we talked about, Black Mountain, Hendersonville, uh, you got Asheville, which is hard to get inside the city limits of Asheville, the whole boom down the Banner Oak Beach Mountain area. Where are you driving people? If, if I'm a newbie, where should I look to invest? Yeah, so that's one of my favorite things about the entire area is that for, for any investor, we've got the breadth of short-term rental possibilities. So it could be a purchase at 250,000. It could be a small two bedroom in Bryson city. That's going to do really well because there's very, very few rentals out there all the way up to the $1.6 million grand estate that Bill's got up in Banner uh, Elk, right? <laughs> so like, we are listening that to sell it right now. I'm just kidding. I'm on from- so, it, you know, it, it that's one thing that I really like about Western North Carolina. And honestly, let's talk about the elephant in the room of short-term rentals right now, which is the Blue Ridges, the, the Broken Oklahoma's, the Gatlinburgs of the markets that just got way too many people buying over the last two years, right? And so anybody could get their hands on a pre-approval in the last two years. I mean, I sold short-term rentals to people that worked at McDonald's, right? Anybody could get one. Um, And so they went to these markets that are purely tourist driven and nobody lives there. Nobody's buying second homes in, 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 in Blue Ridge, Georgia, just to go vacation because there's nothing to do there. Right. And so conversely in Western North Carolina, we've got a million people that live all throughout Western North Carolina. People have bought second homes here for decades. And so there's a path to resale outside of the investor. So for the last two years where anybody could get a pre-approval, this was an area where everything that was on the MLS wasn't perfect for a short-term rental. So it didn't end up getting too oversaturated uh, like some of those tourist-only markets. Just imagine if everything on the MLS is good for a short-term rental and you're putting 20 offers on everything all week, like we've heard everybody doing for the last two years, what happened? The prices just went crazy. I mean, I know places in Gatlinburg that were 400,000, 450 in 2019 that were selling for 1.6 million at the beginning of this year. I know you guys know people who literally have those properties and own those properties. And that just didn't happen here in Western North Carolina. So pricing was stable. We, we had our growth, our, our accelerated growth over the two years, but pricing was stable and it didn't get too oversaturated because it was a higher barrier to entry than some of those tourist only markets. So year over year, I just ran some data and I'm sure Kenny has got something to back this up on his end too. But uh, city of Asheville is up uh, something like 12 or 16% year over year where areas like Blue Ridge are down 44%. And I've got people calling me like, hey, please list my Blue Ridge cabin and help me not at least lose money. So for a lot of reasons, Western North Carolina is a really, really good market to look at, uh, consistent, stable, easy path to resale for other folks. You could do long-term rental if you really needed to. So uh, for all those reasons, I think it's a stable market. And that's what I've been telling people for two years. And it's coming out you know, on this end of the market to be true. Tyler, if you don't mind me jumping in here and, and throwing some data at you um, about Western North Carolina markets. So, you know, I'm I'm using SCR Insights. I'm looking at the gross ROI on average for a lot of the markets in Western North Carolina. They're very attractive. You know, in terms of like the areas that I'm seeing that are the highest is Candler, Canton, Weaverville, 
Mars Hill, Mars Hill, all the way up to Marshall. So obviously those areas are in and around Asheville for those listening who don't know, you know, the names I just dropped. So why is it that that those specific markets are doing so well? Yeah. So here's exactly what it is. So imagine if you haven't been to Asheville before or anywhere up in the North Carolina mountains, uh, imagine driving in and there's no more flat area left to build on. Right. And consistently, we're getting more and more tourism every year. More people want to get into the mountains. Climate's changing. It's 110 degrees in in Florida, Georgia and Alabama in the summer. So people want to get up here and, and not melt. And so, you know, people are having to go outside of just Asheville now. And so this is why if you can get your hands on a property that's closer to Asheville, it's particularly enticing because there's nowhere left to build. So there's no new construction happening. So you've always got a clamp on supply. If demand is going up and supply is always really stagnant, then you've got accelerated appreciation. So one, you should make more money here in appreciation than you will in a bunch of other markets. Two, if they're not building anything, people are just going to have to go further and further out to actually come stay by Asheville, right? They're, they're, they're not letting big hotel buildings come in anymore. They don't want to ruin the mountains. So it's not like they're building 400 ring hotels into the sky in Asheville. So where else do tourists go? They go further and further out. Where the economics get really interesting is you can pick something up in Candler or Marshall for 300,000 bucks. And that's a really, really good buy and hold because in the next couple of years, if there's nobody building any new construction and you've got this house that's just a few minutes outside of downtown Asheville, your price on that's going to be 600,000 and you're going to have killed it because more and more tourists are coming. So then obviously you can expect higher occupancy rates and you can raise your average daily rates along with that. So you're buying 2017, 2016 entry pricing. You've got the, the ginormous traffic generator of downtown Asheville, arts, theater, booze, there's a shit ton of breweries there, marijuana, all a lot of alcohol. <laughs> Especially the travelers, you know, the the vagabonds, the Gen Z, the Gen Xers that are going to want to go there. And there's plenty of people my age as well. But a lot of people like in my age demographic, it spans out to Swananoa. It goes to Black Mountain, like you said, you own in Black Mountain as well. So you've got very similar to like that Banner Elk, or you've got multiple traffic drivers. It's not just one thing like in Blue Ridge to where it's Lake Hiawassee or whatever it's called, or it's the creeks or the rivers that are there, which, you know, aren't really huge traffic drivers, in my opinion. It's it's an interesting and eclectic place that you live. I've been there. It's not a place that that I would personally want to go to. I like the quiet, you know, kind of different element of, of like a banner elk. But I see those traffic drivers, and I think those things that, that people really don't focus on enough. And that's why you've got so many strong markets. Every single thing, the interesting thing to me is every market that Kenny mentioned, none of it's up around Beach or, or Blowing Rock or Boone. It's all down around Asheville. Yeah. And I think that's interesting. Um, you know, over the last two years, it's almost been like, get your hands on whatever you can get your hands on. Right. And now the market is changing. There's so many more listings on the MLS that you don't have to just get your hands on whatever you can get your hands on anymore. You can wait and find and buy the exact right pick in the exact right area that's closer to town or that has better views. Um, we've got two offers out right now on stuff that has really, really great views. Both of them are going to be under asked and both of them were priced appropriately. If it were, you know, January, these would have gone 50 or 100,000 over asked. So I think it's a good time to buy right now. 
if you are one of the people that in 2022, beginning 2022 or 2021, that said, I wish I would have bought something in Gatlinburg in 2019 or 2018, now is your time to shine, right? It is happening again. The, the real estate market is cyclical. It will just go in circles over and over again. So now's the time to start looking. I'm not saying jump on every opportunity. I'm saying be looking for every opportunity. You have to look a lot now with 300 new listings every day and then jump on the right one. So I've never personally been to the high country of North Carolina. I know the numbers. You know, I've seen, you know, how great Vanderbilt, Boon, even Bowling Rock perform. So as, you know, looking at the numbers and say, if I was interested in looking in those markets, what kind of properties should I be targeting and where should I be targeting those properties in those markets? Because they're massive markets. Yeah, it really is a huge area. Bill can attest to that. He's been driving up there. He, he knows the place better than I do at this point. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I would say, you know, it's particularly interesting to look at some of the numbers in Banner Elk. Beach Mountain, I think, I think Beach Mountain is a watch right now. We need to see what's going to happen. Um, we've seen a little bit of a taper off of, of tourism up there over the last couple of months that I didn't expect, and I don't think anybody expected. I'm wondering... You know, if over the last two years there wasn't a lot of dated inventory that's now been updated, so there's more good competition for short term rentals. There's better. I remember that the mountain half of it's shut down, so they only have like half of the runs for mountain bikes and that type of stuff as well. Uh, because of, you know what they're doing with the new snowblowers and the uh, the chairlifts up there as well. Yeah, exactly. So that could be a contributing factor to this year that maybe goes away. Um, but certainly I'm seeing at least 10 or 15% drop this summer. Um, can, you know, other than what I was actually c considering would happen, I thought it was going to be a little bit better. Not a huge drop off. And obviously on Beach Mountain, the inventory is not changing. You maybe have two or three new construction up there at any given time. So I still think it's a good area, but maybe it's a watch for right now. So to answer your question, Kenny, I think the types of properties to really look for right now is going to be something that really has amazing views and something that's got room for value adds. So in, in, in Bill's property, you know, he took, we, we went there and we looked at this huge three car garage and we're like, this is a waste of space for a short term rental. Turn this thing into a movie theater and a decked out game room. Um, and that is certainly something that a lot of other houses won't have because they don't have the space for it. So looking for something, some sort of unique amenity value add that you can put in as a short-term rental um, and views. It's all about the views right now. There's enough hitting the market that you don't have to buy something that doesn't have views just so you get a great interest rate on something. So Tyler, you mentioned something in, in your, your previous statement about having a path to exit with second home buyers as opposed to just short-term buyers. And I think that's really, really interesting because it sucks to try to sell to a short-term rental investor especially ones that are educated. And if you go, I mean, somebody posts in like the Airbnb homes for sale group and they just get railed, yeah. right? As opposed to listing on the MLS and try to sell to both, you know, second home buyers and also investors. The interesting thing when I first started researching the Western North Carolina market, and I think you guys know, I don't know that everybody knows kind of my investing strategy. I want to go where the shitty hosts are. You know, the hosts rock everything. You got to have an indoor pool, you know, 17 hot tubs, you know, a million dollar game room in Gatlinburg just to compete. That stuff yep. didn't exist. There was like the one property you found for me kind of halfway up to Seven Devils or wherever that was. And it had all that stuff and it had the money machine. 
and all these things there. But there's that stuff doesn't exist today. The the amenities don't exist. The hosting, the welcome, just all that stuff. It's literally Vacasa and, and Blue Ridge Mount Blue Mountain Blue Ridge Mountain, you know, property management company there. And then it's the mom and pops that are managing their own stuff from Charlotte and Raleigh uh, that aren't true investors like probably most of you that are listening to this podcast. That's a huge deal. That also means that I think there's 13,000 homes from what I understand. I just, the other, the one tip that I will tell you about beach property taxes just went up uh, four weeks ago, 35% on beach mountain. Um, and the locals are pets and that's a huge number. But one of the things that I think is really important to what you said, there's like 13,000 homes just on the, you know, the whole gambit of beach mountain. Right. And from when I, when I went down to the city last week, they said that they have 2,700 short-term rentals. So that's a huge number of primary residences and second homes. One, to really not have to compete against from a saturation standpoint for uh, STR, but two, like you said on the exit strategy, when you go to resell. Yeah. I can tell you, I know you're the expert there. I've looked at homes in those markets every day for probably the last 130 days. And I still don't see a lot that have been fully renovated and brought up to speed that at least are hitting the market, right? And I know that, you know, David Tang and Shandy and, you know, Paul and people that have gone in like that we know out of our masterminder that's in the build short term rental wealth group, they're investing, but I don't see people, don't tell a whole lot, but I don't see people making those investments and you have a long runway. You have at least a two to three year runway before those people are going to catch up. You see that everywhere? In Western North Carolina, or is it kind of just in that area? Yeah, we're we're really seeing that everywhere. Um, and so historically, this is a, an area where there's been a lot of second homes and bad property managers. And that's why I started my property management company. Um, I was like, I could do this in my sleep better than you guys are doing it. And so I do think that that adds to a fundamental of an area to invest in. And one thing- hey, I I'm going to interrupt you real quick, because what you said sounds really fucking arrogant. And I want everybody to know that's listening. That's not, you know, Tyler is probably one of the, the second, the second best property management company that I'm aware of in the entire country. And for those of you that are looking to invest in, in no disrespect to the Bodicey model, but to invest and create a lifestyle and then have a property manager invest with you. It's even more important in my opinion that you vet and you find somebody that's going to be decent on the PM side, because it is super duper hard to find a halfway decent property manager anywhere in the country. Oh so yeah. I'll interrupt you, Tyler. It's hard. No, it's hard. You, you've got, I would honestly just call them and say, do you use rank breeze? Do you use price labs? I mean, we use everything. Stay fi I mean, I am subscribed to every freaking service out there. I don't really make any money on the property management side. Uh, but for me, it's a lot of fun and it's a good value add for my clients. But one thing that I uh, took from what you said last, Bill, was an area where the ratings are so low. And so in particular, I, I was doing a study on one of my new markets, Myrtle Beach, a week ago, and I was like running this data and I saw the average Airbnb rating in Myrtle Beach was a 3.8. I mean, the, you get a 3.8 on one of your properties and Airbnb is like, hey, we're shutting you down. So for the average of that entire market to be at a 3.8, you got to consider how many 50% are below that. 
right? Just to get it to that 3.8. And then how much higher could they possibly be? For everybody that's learning from Bill, I've seen all your guys' properties. Kenny, I've seen your properties. I, I know my properties. They're five-star properties, right? It is in the rare event where anybody in our circle is not getting five-star ratings on their properties. So areas definitely running that type of research and knowing what is the average review for a specific area. I mean, it's no wonder that people that go to Myrtle Beach and, and stay in, in short-term rentals are like, I had an awful time. Well, it's not Myrtle Beach's fault. It's because, you know, there was like dead cockroaches and, you know, bloody sheets on your bed and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, and linens and everything in Myrtle Beach. What's that? There's still a lot of places in Myrtle that don't supply linens and tiles and stuff, right? Where you have to bring your own. Yeah. They, no shampoo, no nothing, let alone a, a welcome bottle of wine or anything. Bro, I have had now 12 guests at my Banner Elk property. It's either 12 or 13. And I shit you not, 90% of them ask me, do we have linens? Do we supply towels? Yep. Because they're used to going to places to where none of that is supplied. They have to bring their own freaking sleeping bags to sleep. That, my friends, is opportunity knocking. Yeah. And an easy five-star review. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting what you bring up on the reviews. I mean, I can tell you that I used to hover around 4.95, 4.96. I'm down to to four. I think I'm at my, my oh, my personal rating is like 4.4 now. And you know where I've lost uh, star ratings on? It's value over the last like year and a half because my prices have gotten so high. And I do everything to meet those expectations and exceed them, but you just can't do it. You know, when you've had a $5,000 a week property go to 10000 or 12000 that's going to be really challenging. So there's always a give and take there, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to defend Myrtle Beach. I'm not a big Myrtle Beach fan myself. Um, as not, not like from an investment standpoint, but just as a golfer and, you know, a, a vacationer. But I think that there is opportunity. You know, we have a gentleman, Tom Money, in our mastermind. That's, I think, Kenny, I don't know how if you've been in contact with him, but he's doing really, really well. Uh, and he's owned his property, I think, just about a year now. And uh, like a nice big six-bedroom, four-bath. I don't know. I, it's it's really interesting to me. And I never thought about this, Tyler, until you told me this a couple of days ago on that rating. And I think that's something that I'm actually going to put into my toolkit on my investment strategy. It would be an awesome piece of data for STR Insights to be able to to pull like the, the average market you know, review rating for, for a host or my property, because that, in my opinion, is going to be a new KPI that I haven't really thought about that I'm going to be adding to my evaluation. Yeah. Another one I'd really love to see is the number of professional hosts versus property managers. I think that's a really interesting metric to look at because I think, you know, and so for, for my clients, I've started calling Myrtle Beach a re-emerging market. I'm trying, I'm, be, I'm, I'm in the cool club now, so I'm trying to coin my own terms. So I'm calling it a re-emerging market, right? Because it's always been there and people have bought investment properties there, but I haven't seen so far this new wave, the new revolution of short-term rental hosts go into the market like Myrtle Beach or some of these other markets, maybe like Hilton Head or some of these other markets, they haven't gotten there yet. And so I'm interested to see what the effect is when they do start looking at these markets and taking over the old property managed homes, the old second homes where they're, you know, there's uh, these 80 year old investors that you know, they've invested in long-term rentals and they're cool with an eight, eight uh, cap. The reason that it hasn't been that way, Tyler, is because Richard, Avery, Bill, Kenny, Mike have not been talking about that market. 
And and I will tell everybody that's watching this, when you hear a Richard Furtag, a Bill Faith, an Avery Carl, a Michael Shogren, whatever, a Tyler, a Kenny talking about a market, then you probably need, need to steer away and go back and watch episode yeah. one through five of the STRonomics uh, podcast. And you'll hear that is a continuing, you know, message from both Kenny and I, right? Absolutely. I think actually, so kind of moving back onto the market side, I do want to ask you, Tyler, this has been sitting in my mind for some time and I've been meaning to bring this up with you personally, but Maggie Valley, Bryson City, you know, the the east side of the Smoky Mountains is a new and emerging market. The numbers are really good. However, my question though is do you believe those numbers can be or uh will remain well? Is it gonna continue to perform at the standard or will it take a dip with you know from what we've seen in the past? Like what is what's the deal? Is it actually emerging or is it something that will just go back to um, obscurity before COVID. Yeah. So I think um, one, what I always am looking for in terms of is a market going to go back into obscurity and and not just an entire market, but we look at like really localized individual towns, individual zip code areas and what the trends are. So a couple things that I want to see is that I'm not the only, if I'm going to invest in an area or even think about investing in an area that I'm not the only one. So I'm going to do market research on uh, what are the main entertainment? What are, what are the main sports? You know, why are people coming? Like, what are they doing? And are those places investing alongside me? Right. So Beach Mountain is a perfect example. Like they've just done millions of dollars of purchases for new snowmaking equipment and new lifts. And I'm looking at that and I'm going, well, you've done my, my R and D for me already. Right. I mean, if you're spending millions, I'm happy to spend 500,000 next to you. So in terms of are they going to continue? I think yes. Uh, Bryson City's seen a lot of investment into the whitewater rafting scene. And Maggie Valley as well has also seen a lot of investment into their ski resort there. And that's so last year they had the most visitors that they've ever had to their ski resort. And when you talk about close to Asheville, it's the only ski resort close to Asheville at all. There's, there's literally nothing else good anyways. And so I do think, yes, that's a market where you have to have something bigger. Maggie Valley, the numbers get interesting at four plus bedrooms. Uh, I look and, and see a 20% gross return on investment for four plus bedrooms there, but not for everything. This is what I think people really have to understand. And this is what I'm talking to my clients about. You have to be ready to do the work. This is not an easy business anymore. It is not the same as it was four or five years ago where you could just put up anything with grandma's furniture and it would do well. Has to be furnished nicely. You got to cut back the trees and open up the view. You got to put in entertainment options. You got to have nice kitchens and bathrooms and bedding. So, you know. With that caveat, yes, those areas are places where you can do good, and they're full of second homes uh, that are that have grandma's old furniture around. So if you do those things, you won't have much competition there. So here's what I think is really interesting as you talk about Maggie Valley is uh, Catalucci Ski Area, which I'm not overly familiar with, but if you just do a really quick Google search, it's a mile high. It's 5,400 square feet. Uh, the vertical drop is 740 feet, which is really good for a small hill like that. If you're a skier, 18 total runs, 44% down beginner, 39% intermediate, and 17% advanced. And they get four feet of snow a year with three chairlifts. Those are the types of things that you have to look at if that's going to be a huge traffic driver. Maggie Valley is going to do business during the summer. They've got creeks. They've got 
white water rafting. They've got all that stuff. But how many people are actually going to come there to ski? You know, Ryan Bakey, I think it has a place there, if I remember correctly. I think there's a few other people I know of that have place there. I'll tell you what's really interesting, and I probably will really go after it, but I just found an amazing motel literally two hours ago in Maggie Valley, like 18 doors for like 1.2 million. Um, that would make a really awesome, it's right on the main drive, a really great boutique hotel uh, in Maggie Valley. So my question to you, Tyler, would there be enough traffic going there year round to invest that kind of money into a boutique hotel? There definitely is enough traffic, but it there are the whole strip of Maggie Valley on Soco Road is filled with boutique hotels, 12, 18 rooms, tons of them. So if you were going to look at it, underwrite the deal and, and see what you're going to do differently. A bunch of them have pools, a bunch of them are on creeks, a bunch of them have hot tubs and things. So how are you, if the only way I would buy that deal is if you can figure out some way in which you're going to do it better. So go look at some of the other guys that have done the boutique hotel deals and see what they've done that really set them apart and then see, can you replicate that here? If you can, then I would go forward with it. If you're just going to leave it and run it like a motel six, like all the other ones in a row. No, don't buy it. That's really great advice. Good stuff. Okay. Did you have some data that you want to share with us? Sure. Um, <laughs> what's that? Am I putting you on the spot? Yeah. I mean, you're like, I've got lots of data. I mean, one of the things, so just so everybody knows, if going back, like I, I love just talking about market performance and looking at how well North Carolina, specifically Western North Carolina is doing compared to say the Smokies, North Georgia, uh, the Virginia mountains. And, you know, even, I mean, we could even compare it to out West mountains. I mean, that that's different areas of the country, but you know, looking at the real estate prices and everything. So just to give you guys an idea, the average, what we call a gross ROI for all of Western North Carolina sits at about 12%, which is really, really high. If you look at the Smoky Mountains right now, it's at 9%. If you look at out West in Colorado, parts of Utah, like Park City, even up to Idaho Island Park, Jackson Hole, those areas, it's that's around 4 to 5%. So Western North Carolina really stands out in terms of being able to get not only into an affordable market, but a market that has really good returns as of today. And Tenny, based on what I've seen, it just keeps Tenny, going up. Explain what gross ROI is. So yes. I think it's it's a cap rate or, or cash on cash, right? So what is No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So gross ROI is the gross revenue that a property or an average of properties will make for a given year divided by the purchase price of those properties. So if I bought a million dollar property and it grossed, if I made $100,000 in the year, then my gross ROI would be 10%. So, awesome. um, so Kenny, what did you, and, and I want to make sure everybody understands this listening. We're not here to rail on Blue Ridge. It's just sucking because it's sucking and the data is real, right? And we're trying to educate you guys. So if you, if you took Blue Ridge, Smokies, Western North Carolina, Snowshoe, and what's the other one in Virginia? I uh, just lost the name. I forgot the name of it up on Washington, D.C. Uh, Luray, Front Royal. Yeah. Are you talking about Shenandoah? Shenandoah, yeah. So if you took Shenandoah, Snowshoe, Western North Carolina, Smokies, Blue Ridge, how would you rank them based on data? Gross ROI. Gross ROI. So definitely number one would be, uh, I mean, Shenandoah, simply because just the – pure population uh, size is near, you know, you've got Washington, D.C. and Baltimore. Um, number two 
would be. And you can get into Shenandoah for under a half a million bucks for really good property. Yeah. New construction. Yeah, exactly. However, the the problem is when you say Shenandoah, you're talking you're talking more like hills. It, it's borderline mountains. It's very pretty, but you're very very remote. And these other markets are you know established cabins, and you get that more cabin feel. So you yeah, Luray and Front Royal, those might be excellent numbers, but you actually look at the properties there, and it's more like farm feel, you know, farm stays almost, you know, not that cabin, traditional cabin that you get. Um, go numbers with the Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, but the but the number two market is going to be Western North Carolina, then Snowshoe, and what were the other two? Smokies and Smokies. Yeah, that order. Yeah. So, so Shenandoah, uh, pure numbers here, Shenandoah, um, and that's around 20% gross ROI. So like, even though I, you know, I'm throwing some, uh, some shade towards that area, it does perform very well, but it's very rural. The thing I like about Western North Carolina as well is what the market saturation, people just aren't building as much. There's not the land or the room. Tyler mentioned this earlier. It's just not possible there. Whereas in the Smoky Mountains, in Blue Ridge or North Georgia, they're building subdivisions of short-term rentals in those areas. So I just don't, like I, I a hundred percent believe the trend of these markets in West North Carolina emerging because there's just not a lot of places to build more properties and people live there too. And so it's just kind of a, you know, yes, the numbers are well, and I think they'll continue to, to do well in those markets. And, and you know, West North there in regards to these new subdivisions that are going in one other data point that everybody listening or watching uh, should have in their evaluation toolkit is contacting the municipality that governs short-term rentals and ask them how many permits have been issued in the last year, the last two years. Get the total number of permits issued, right? Just don't let everybody on Facebook convince you that a market is saturated. Look at the real numbers and then compare it to the overall population and the number of homes that are there, right? So yep. that's a data point that is in my evaluation toolkit that I don't think many people do. Uh, take a look at it's one of the reasons that Kenny's investment into Watkins Glen, North Carolina, or Watkins Glen, New York, was so strong. There was only twenty. Was it twenty permits, Ken? That were released this last year. Yeah, 20, 20 new permits. Yeah, so eighty total <laughs> for this area of, that gets a million people through it. Actually, it's a million thirty nine thousand that go to the state. Sorry, park. I, I'm forgetting the thirty nine thousand, and that's just the state park. I mean. I don't know about the NASCAR stadium there or the wineries, but anyway, I can go on. <laughs> so Tyler, I want to, I want to come back to, to you for a second. How important is it on the type of house, the type of property that you're purchasing in uh, Western North Carolina? Does it have to be an A-frame? Does it have to be a cabin? Can I buy? So I had a client that bought a house that I started co-hosting for him in Swannanoa, and it was just a regular house. It wasn't a cabin. It sucked. And it was old kind of, Two, three-story colonial style that just wouldn't rent well. And, you know, it, what's the deal? Do you have to have a cabin? Kind of, and, I, and I get that it might vary from Asheville to, you know, Beach or Sugar or whatever, but what's your perspective on the type of homes to purchase in, that, in those different varying markets? Yeah, I think, um, you know, over the last two years, people were really stuck kind of with whatever was out there. And the market is totally changing now. There's 300 new listings a day where... In 2021, there was 30 or 20 or 10. So now you do have more choice. So I am looking now at much more unique things 
just because of the saturation that is happening, more people are buying Airbnbs. I don't think it's at the rate that they're selling them. And so naturally things are getting more and more saturated. I don't think they're getting oversaturated, but I do think that we are seeing some saturation. So being able to come in and just find something a little bit more unique in whatever way it is, it's definitely going to um, help in, in, in how well something does, you know, something like that in Swannanoa with how close it was to Asheville a few years ago might've done well, but nowadays, uh, there was just a really cool listing in Swannanoa that was a house, but it was built onto shipping containers. It was really, really cool. We put an offer in on it. Unfortunately, we lost. It still went over ask, still happening. But something like that was really, really cool. And it had that unique aspect to get eyes on your listing, right? Because the first thing you've got to do is before you get a booking, before you host a guest, you've got to get eyes on your listing. And how are you going to do that is simple SEO. And it goes back to the beginning of the internet, right? Getting more clicks, conversion rates, the whole nine yards. And I think so many people are forgetting about that nowadays. So something more unique with some sort of view, new construction is always good. The one I bought in Black Mountain and just closed on uh, well, we just finished furnishing it three weeks ago. It's been at 100% occupancy. We literally got a guest check in the day after we finished putting up curtains. Um, and it's been booked 100% since then. And we've got like weeks of, of runway right now, bookings with no days in the middle. So these are weekdays filling up, right? Which is like, that's what you really want. So new construction could work, but it, it really all just depends how far away I think you get from a city center. Put yourself in your guest shoes. If they want to stay in a city center, you're probably okay with something a little bit more residential. But if they are going outside the city, they obviously want that more rural feel. And so something like a cabin with views is going to be more important on a river, on a creek. Um, I wouldn't just be buying anything in the woods anymore. It's got to have really special, unique factors to it. And I think that's important going forward because we're not buying for today, right? The numbers are based on today. What we have to know is the fundamentals of why the numbers are going to be what they're going to be tomorrow. For me, that's the most important. Um, and I think that a lot of people um, in Blue Ridge are really feeling that today day when they bought those cabins in the woods and now they're struggling a little bit. And, you know, that's not to say that all of Blue Ridge is doing bad. I know people that have full, 100% full calendars on Blue Ridge, but they're overlooking the lake. They've got game rooms. They've got movie theaters. They're really set apart from the rest of the pack. That's awesome information, uh, Tyler. I know I don't want to speak for Kenny, but I want to thank you for, for joining us today. Uh, you have been a wealth of knowledge as always. Of course, I learned from the best. That's you, man. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know about that. You might want to set your standards a little bit higher. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, no, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tyler. Kenny, what'd you think about that uh, podcast with our first special guest there? Uh, I thought it was really interesting. I mean, it's nice to, because I'm not, I've been to Western North Carolina several times. I've never been to the high country before, but I've always seen the data. I've always talked about it. And it's nice to put a little bit of color and reasoning behind the numbers. You know, like I see it and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is a no brainer. But to have somebody who actually knows that market as well as Tyler does and to, you know, paint a true picture of what someone should be looking for in that market is super helpful and gets me excited about, hey, you know, it's not, th these are the reasons why the numbers are saying what they're saying. That's awesome. Um, I just want to give another big shout out to uh, Tyler Kuhn from Sammy.Realty. Obviously, he was our special guest today, but he's also our sponsor um, of our podcast. I know Kenny and I are extremely grateful. If you are looking to buy in Western North Carolina, 
uh, or on the beach beach areas of North Carolina and all the way down into Hilton Head and Myrtle Beach, Tyler Germain. Uh, so reach out to him. I personally used him on two deals, uh, three deals actually, and hopefully I'll be working on another one with him as well. Kenny, great episode. Longest one that we've had. Uh, yeah. Tremendous value. Uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode of STR Anomics. Peace out. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today. This podcast is a hospitality.fm production.